0: Barashit bara Elohim Three words in Hebrew in the beginning God created Barashit Bara Elohim In three words God describes who He is and what He does and by implication who we are not First Barashit in the beginning Nothing existed in the beginning except God Modern scholars who are critical of the truth of God's Word have actually tried to to retranslate this, to, to remove the time aspect of it in the beginning, because they don't want to admit that God created the world at the beginning out of nothing. But Scripture is clear and concise. In the beginning, God created. There is no source material for anything for God. In the beginning, there was nothing. But then somehow, by the power of God, everything came to be. And that's the next word, bara, created. Bara is an interesting word. Hebrew has different words for what we translate as create. But bara is only ever used for God. It's never used for any other subject other than God. God alone has the power to bara, to create or bring into existence something from nothing. Humans make or create things only by rearranging stuff that God has already created. That God alone is the creator of all that exists affirms he is the only one true God. And God is the next word, the third word, Elohim. This is a strangely constructed Hebrew word. It's a singular word, but with a plural ending. In English, if you want to make something plural, you just add an S uh, to the end. So if you want to make the word cloud uh, into plural, many clouds, uh, you add an S, clouds. Um, You wouldn't point to a a single cloud and, and call it clouds. But that's exactly what the Hebrew does with the word for God. It looks like plural gods, but it's only one God. It's singular Elohim. This hints at the reality of how there is one God, but yet he is plural. And we say rather uh, illogically that God is three in one triune. Later in this first chapter of Genesis, God reveals an internal conversation between the persons of the Holy Trinity, uh, when considering the creation of man. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. God's not talking to angels here, uh, but at the very start of the scriptures, God is revealing the mystery of the Trinity. He's plural. The, The internal dialogue between each of these three persons of the Trinity You know, God could do literally whatever he wanted, and yet God chooses to bara, to create. The Father, by speaking, begets the Word, who who is the image of the Eternal Father, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, and brings everything into existence. Then life is given through the breath of the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son to give life to the world. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no life. Without the Son, the eternal Word, there is nothing. And without the Father, there is no love. God creates, not to to get something for himself, but to give of himself For his creation and to his creation. Love, the desire to give, is what motivated God to create. He wasn't motivated to create just to get stuff back from us, to get praise or good works from us. God created purely out of love. So God created Barad, man, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God, who is singular and yet plural, creates man to be singular, but also not complete until he is plural, until he is united with his wife. And only then, when they are together, when they are plural, can they reflect God's loving image to the world. Because only together can man and woman create Not in the absolute sense like God can, but procreate, have children. To be as God is, to to love, to give of themselves for the benefit of someone else, expecting nothing in return. Through man and woman, God wished his loving and creative and gracious activity to continue in the world as they were to be a reflection of God himself. But the devil gets man to doubt God's love. He gets man to doubt if he has enough. He gets man to, to think of, uh, not of others before himself, but of himself first. And so man's own sin, doing the one thing God told him not to do, curses him to a life without the Holy Spirit, which is no life at all but death. And so, the only thing man can do, and the only thing man can create, is a mess and and filled with sin. And so, from the fall of the first man, Adam, every person conceived by man is conceived and born not in the image of God, but conceived and born in the image of man. It's for this reason David writes in Psalm 51 Certainly, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. God could have wiped man out and started over. But God's nature is love. It's love that causes God to preserve the world. It's love that that causes God to still preserve the world. It's why He daily and richly preserves us with all that we need for our bodies and lives. It's why he keeps us from danger, why he guards and protects us from all evil, purely out of his fatherly divine goodness and mercy. And we tend to get that backwards. We ask how could a loving God allow bad things to happen? How could God allow evil? How could God allow Kobe Bryant to die in a crash? How could God allow the coronavirus to spread like it is? How could God allow suffering in my life? But it's not the existence of evil and suffering that require an explanation. Evil and suffering was never the plan, that came as a result of sin. Rather, it's the existence of goodness and beauty. And love, that is the most remarkable. A world without God could not uh, not explain such things. A world in which there is no God, uh, a world in which there is no God who, who barashit bara, who creates all things out of nothing, who in the beginning created, is one in which there is no love. The fact that there is love and goodness and beauty uh, and, and that we still have our reason and our senses to understand and appreciate uh, the beauty and, and love and goodness, and that these things are provided to us in our lives, all remind us of what it is that we've lost. But it also offers us a glimpse of God's grace and mercy and providence. And in the most beautiful and loving act of providence, God saves the world by taking the punishment of sin on himself. In order to bring mankind out of death to life, the price for sin had to be paid. That means death. Not only physical death, but spiritual death needs to be suffered for every single sinner And since a single man cannot die billions of times for billions of people, it means God Himself, who becomes man, has to die. And that's exactly what happens on Good Friday. The whole point of Lent is to focus us on the passion of Jesus, who lived and loved perfectly in order to be the perfect sacrifice on the cross. In Christ, the image of God is restored to us. Jesus is the embodiment of sacrificial love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the most familiar passage in the world. But think of this in terms of the Trinity. Eternal life life, is given through the breath of the Holy Spirit. The breath of the Holy Spirit is the forgiveness of sins that works faith in our hearts. When Jesus rose from the dead as a proclamation that he had finished everything on Good Friday, that he was a sacrifice, he, he, he breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Wherever there is forgiveness, there is life and there is salvation. Forgiveness is brought by the Holy Spirit through the word and the promise of Jesus. And in this way, God the Father shows his love. For God so loved the world in this way that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes, who has faith in the forgiveness that Jesus offers, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And God's love is entirely centered in his mercy. It has nothing to do with us. Our works and our merits and our worthiness is worth nothing compared with the mercy and love of God. Forgiveness has nothing to do with us. Yes, God wants us to confess our sins and to receive his forgiveness. And an attitude of of penitence, of being sorrowful for our sins, is especially what we seek to have in Lent. But that forgiveness is there because of the love of God. Not because we ask for it, not because we confess our sin, not because we work for it. And, And so again, we pray with David. Be gracious to me, God. According to your mercy, create, bara, bara in me a pure heart, O God. Renew an unwavering spirit within me. We need something that only God can create. If we deny the power of God to create the world, then we deny the power of God to forgive our sins. But in the beginning, God created. In six days, God made everything that exists out of nothing. And that means right now, as you hear the words of Jesus and receive the life-giving breath of the Holy Spirit, God the Father is showing you his love. Purely out of his fatherly divine grace and mercy, he is creating in you a new heart. And for all this, we are to thank and praise and serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. Amen.